Alright, welcome to Spooky Time Tea, the show where we talk about ghosts, ghouls, murders, mysteries, and everything in between. All while enjoying a cup of tea. Like a tea party. But spooky. Okay, you guys are giggling over there. What is going on? I got tea everywhere. Hopefully not on the computer. No, no. Okay, perfect. I'm sitting here. No, okay. Here's the thing. I didn't know tea was on me. I'm reading the sticky notes that I wrote out earlier. And I feel something on my thigh. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Why is yours all crumpled? She said it's like her brain. <laughs> that was what she told me. And I was like, oh, no. Here's the thing. I forgot that we were keeping them. And so now it's a metaphor for who I am as a person. <laughs> I'll post pictures on Instagram. All right, everyone. Um, Hello and welcome to the chaos. We have some lighter subjects to talk about uh, this month. Uh, by the way, welcome to Spooky Month officially. Spooktober. 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 Or AKA Monstober. Monstober. Yes. Us. All of yes. all of the things that brings back the nostalgia. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so before we get started on our uh, Monstober. Today's tea is Twining's uh, Herbal Tea. It is the chamomile, honey, and vanilla. It is a caffeine-free tea. It's very tasty. It's a soothing herbal tea made with chamomile and flavors of honey and vanilla. It's a big old nope for me. Yeah, I was going to say, she tasted it while you were speaking, and the look on her face was I saw a shake priceless. of the head, no. like a, almost like a, a shudder. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly okay. what happened. It's good. It's, it's, it's delicious. I, like I love it. Does I like anyone this one. want the last sip that is no. in my cup? Okay. Fuck it, just throw it in here. There you go. The attitude of this podcast is always very, fuck it, just do it. (laughs) Fuck it, we're doing it live. Pretty much. Oh my god, I think something's in a week. Okay, today is my episode. If you guys can't tell us apart, I am Kitty. I'm Kat. And I'm Chloe. Good luck. (laughs) Uh, So yes, oh. It's me, Kitty. Uh, today's episode is going to be on one of my favorites. Uh, it's a weird... This whole month of Monstober, we're going to be focusing on uh, different monsters uh, that are in, like, urban legends and uh, all that fun stuff, the right? The classic Hollywood ones. Classic Hollywood and everything like that. Well, mine is on my favorite, Dracula. But it's not just going to be touching base on just Dracula itself, but I'm going to be actually talking about, um, are you over, are you okay over there? I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine. Everything's fine. This is fine. Um, are you not talking about what just happened? No. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, not only am I going to be talking about Bram Stoker's uh, Dracula, but I'm also going to be touching base on the lore and urban legends of vampires in general. Ooh, I and, love uh, that. Maybe Spooky. touching, maybe Spooky. touching base a little bit on modern time vampires because like they are like out there. Edward Cullen or like <laughs> more of what uh, there are a community of vampires out there today, and so I'm going to touch base on them a little bit. A lot of them are in New Orleans. Really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm still pulling Twilight references, but that's just who I am as a person. <laughs> I mean, well, that you know, grump, that crumpled green post-it <laughs> says a lot. It really does. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> All right, guys. So we're gonna jump right in. Going off. So we already know that, or maybe you guys don't know, but Bram Stoker's Dracula was published in 1897. So when he actually wrote his like iconic novel, the original preface published in, I'm going to butcher this, but it's an Icelandic version. It's Maket Murakana? 
I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. When he published it in his Icelandic version, it included this passage. I am quite convinced that there is no doubt whatever the that the events here described really took place. However, unbelievable and incomprehensible they might appear at first sight. And I am further convinced that they must always remain to some extent incomprehensible. That's terrifying. I love it. <laughs> when he like went on about his story, um, he went on to claim that uh, many of his characters in his novels were actual people. And another quote from him, all the people who have willingly or unwillingly played a part in this remarkable story are known generally and well-respected. Both Jonathan Harker, as you all know, is one of Jonathan is a character in the book, right? And his wife, who is a woman of character, and Dr. Seward are my friends and have been so for many years, and I have never doubted that they were telling the truth. So he gathered a lot of his stuff from his friends and people that he knew. Hmm. I mean, of course, along with research and all that. However, he didn't intend for his story to be a work of fiction. Really? Yes. Wait, what? I'm lost. (laughs) He wanted it to serve more as not a work of fiction, but as a warning of very real evil and a childhood nightmare all too real. However, the publishing company that he went through were worried about the impact and what how it would cause hysteria and panic throughout the people because around this time, uh, London was recovering from a horrible murders in Whitechapel. Oh! I think we all know who then. Alluding to a future episode, are we? Uh Uh-huh. And the killer was still on the loose at this time. They couldn't Mm. publish a story because um, they might be running the risk of starting mass panic. So because of that, they needed to make changes in order to make this more fictional and all the factual elements would need to come out. So when the novel... I want an original version. I want an original version that they didn't change so bad. I need to know these things. Well, here's here's a fun fact. When the novel was actually released, um, May twenty sixth of nineteen, or I'm sorry, eighteen ninety seven, the first one hundred pages had to be cut. Wow. Mm-hmm. And also, there were many different alterations that had to be made in the text, and like mm. the epilogue was completely shortened and changing Dracula's ultimate fate in the castle. Thousand tens of thousands of words gone, vanished. And there was, like, blurred lines in between the reading, so it's kind of, like, weird. Have you read the book, guys? I haven't read it, no. No, I haven't. Shame on you. It is such a classic. Here's the thing. I've been busy with my own research. Here's a fun fact. So, in uh, the 1980s, the original manuscript was discovered uh, in a barn in um, northwestern Pennsylvania. How'd it get there? Yeah. They don't know how it made its way all the way across the Atlantic. Okay. But the manuscript is now owned by Microsoft co-founder Paul Allen, and it begins on page 102. The story when Jonathan Harker's journey on a train was thought to be the beginning of the story was actually in the thick of it. So those beginning pages had something written. But we don't know where they are? But we don't know where they were. No. That's Um, crazy. I'm upset. So so the... (laughs) Those first, like, 101 pages, were they, like, so terrifying that they had to, that's why they had to, like, cut it out because there was something in there that was, like, well, give them to me now. Terrifying for the time. Yeah. Yeah. Because of what was going on. Oh, of course. Yeah, I'm sure today we'd be like, why That's a children's story. It's yeah. a literal children's story. <laughs> However, because he was kind of upset that they made him change his story and cut out a lot of stuff, he thought smart. And uh, left breadcrumbs of his uh, of where to look to find some of the original um, translated editions 
of mm. the pieces that were missing from the book. Interesting. And so the Icelandic title, which I'm going to, I'm not going to say it again because I'm probably going to butcher it, but the Icelandic version of it, mm-hmm. or it's translated in to being in English saying Power of Darkness. So that's the name. So if you wanted to look this up, this is the version you would want to read if you want to like the whole story. This, within that first edition, he left not only his original preface intact, but parts of his original story. So outside the reach of his UK publisher, he did this without the publisher knowing. Of course. So he could get it out there. Like any good author would do. of course. So more can be found within the short story, Dracula's Guest. And that has, like, some of the original text in there. And then there were his notes and his journals um, and other first editions worldwide that had the breadcrumbs of the missing pieces of his story. Okay, that's awesome. Mm Mm-hmm. A little more backstory about the when he was doing research and stuff. So when he was writing Dracula, he originally named Dracula's character Count Wampire. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Yes. Um, you heard that correctly. Wampire with a, a W. A little on the nose for me. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> However, he ended up changing the name to Dracula because um, as he was doing research, he found that in the language Wallachian. Dracula means devil in Wallachian. Oh, I never um, knew that. Me either. Interesting. I yes. thought it was just the name. Yeah. This name is usually given to those like who were considered brave and cruel. Hmm. That's a fun combination <laughs> of a person. I know. It's like brave and cruel. I'm going to get more into that. So Dracula's character in the Thank book. You. Okay, so this is this is fun. Stoker actually described Dracula to be monstrous looking with bushy eyebrows, a cruel mouth under a heavy mustache and sharp white teeth. Hmm. Hollywood decided to make Dracula more handsome and attractive, uh, not in all versions, of course, in order to make it easier for him to seduce his victims. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense, honestly. Yeah. That's um, what Hollywood does. Yeah. In the words of uh, Stoker, like, he purposely made Dracula to be considered the king vampire since he's able to turn others into vampires and also he has the ability to control them. And now if you know in, like, Hollywood and stuff, not all of them are able to control their own, you know, the ones that they've sired, right? Mm-hmm. He's considered the king one because he was able to control and not only control other vampires that he's turned, but like other creatures of the night. Yes. The children of the night. No. I just watched. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. Well, no. I mean, that's in the, I, yeah. you've seen the classic movie and stuff, but he, he says, ah, the children of the night. Yes. Yes. Oh, so here's a fun fact for you guys. So according to Stoker's son, the idea or the myths of creation of Dracula started all because he had uh, Stoker had a nightmare after eating a bad batch of crabs. Wait, the crabs <laughs> gave him. <laughs> yeah. It's a little too I've... easy. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, it could have been like they he could have like gotten food poisoning or something and made him a little delirious in his nightmares. I've I don't never know. had a bad dream from eating something bad. What jokes to make? <laughs> so many options. <laughs> that explains why vampires are usually so sexualized. Oh, <laughs> you were gonna say shell crabs, that shell, shellfish are considered an aphrodisiac. So, so are maybe. vampires. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. I thought you were gonna say no wonder. <laughs> no wonder vampires have an aversion to shellfish. <laughs> like, wait, that's garlic. No, wait, no. what? <laughs> okay. New head cannon. So Bram Stoker was not the first person to actually publish a story about vampires. 
So we're going to go in a little bit more backstory. So the first person to ever write a story about vampires was John Polidori. 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 I know this man. Do you? Yes, I do. Yes. Uh, he wrote the... F- the Find out s- next week. Ah. Yes. So he wrote the story called The Vampire in 1819. Stoker was actually inspired to write his novel because of stories written by Polidori, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, James Malcolm Reimer and Thomas Peckett Press, Varney the Vampire, and Sheridan Le Fanu. The name of the book is Carmilla. So he drew a lot of his oh. inspiration. Castlevania. <laughs> Castlevania, Carmilla, Dracula. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's starting to make sense. It's They're all to, the pieces are beginning to fall in place. <laughs> Is Dracula a fan fiction? Oh my! <laughs> I want. I want. Okay, pause. I want you guys to think about this real quick. Mm-hmm. Everything in history, fictional or otherwise, that has been retold is a fan fiction. Oh yeah. Unless it's directly a biography or autobiography. It's a fan fiction. I mean, biographies yeah. are still technically fan fiction. I mean, yeah, basically. <laughs> but like, all, I'm a real big fan of myself. I'm going to write this book. All the iterations of Batman, fan fiction. Oh, yeah. It's all fan fiction. I it's all works I of art. It's, it's, it's a fiction. It's it, most of them. Yes. Unless it's nonfiction, then it's not really. Then it's boring. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Are you kidding, though? Yeah, I am. I really no, like some the of the, the some of the nonfiction stuff is pretty good. Yeah, I, I've enjoyed I, it, I, a I lot like of them. During his research, it led him to learn about the real Dracula, Vlad Dracula, or also known as Vlad the Impaler. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Some historians still disagree that Dracula is not based on Vlad. Mm. There are reasons behind historians this. Historians can never agree on anything. Mm, no, no, never, never. ever. Big thing. There's always going to be. There's always going to be like. A battle between like what I love historians because I'm a history bitch, but they don't ever agree on shit. Oh yeah, yeah. no. A little bit about Vlad. So we're gonna go and talk in about the real Dracula in quotations. The real Dracula. Vlad was born in Transylvania, Romania, in 1431. He ruled Wallachia. This is why I say Wallachian Mm -hmm. is the language, right? Uh, Wallachia, Romania, and he ruled on and off from 1456 to 1462. Vlad. There is reasons why he got the nickname Vlad the Impaler, and I'm going to go in a little detail. So, graphic warning for those who like or don't like the gore. Vlad got the name Vlad the Impaler due to the gruesome way he killed his victims. So, here is one of the many gruesome events that took place that actually gave him that nickname, um, that earned him that nickname, and while he was ruling. So... Vlad was like, oh, I have the, you know, a whole bunch of people who don't like the way I'm ruling, right? So he's like, well, I'm going to deal with these people who have an issue with me. So he's like, let's let's throw a banquet. Let's invite all these people that I know don't like me and the way I am ruling. So he holds this big, big, big banquet, right? And invited hundreds of members of the old Russian, um, uh, let's see... I think they're called Bord Bordet Bordeaux Bordet uh, aristoc- aristocracy, basically. So like old Russian aristocracy. Mm-hmm. So he knew that these people would challenge his authority. So he wanted to invite them. He had all of the guests that had attended stabbed and then had their bodies impaled on stakes. 
So he took enjoyment. Are by... we at all surprised? No, not really. <laughs> His name is Vlad the Impaler. Like, um, we all saw this coming. So he took enjoyment by torturing and murdering anyone who trespassed on his domain as well. He would have the bodies skewered on tall wooden stakes and would have them displayed along the borders of his territory. Big yikes. Just, just think about this. Like, he had a big territory. So just think about, like, all these bodies just rotting. Every five feet. Shit. No. It, it is not rotting and, like. Decaying. Just, you could just imagine the smell that's coming from like oh his territory. Can we not talk about think smells about the smell. on this podcast anymore? <laughs> I don't even think about the smell. Oh no! Yeah, just think. Okay, if you've ever come across something that's rotting and decaying, something that died, like potatoes, <laughs> or an I'm, actual animal, like I it really try to avoid anything that putrid. Bad. Yeah, it smells putrid. So just imagine a human body decaying. And I don't smelling. want to imagine that. How can he live around that? It's the 1400s. They don't have Lysol. I don't know what's going on. There's no Febreze. <laughs> so around the time that he was ruling, though, he roughly killed between 40,000 to 100,000 people in this gruesome Holy like, shit. Way. That's so many people. Um, it was said that he was so sadistic that he would feast among the battlefield of the dying bodies who were, like, squirming in agony and dying oh my god um, and yes. probably screaming oh, oh yeah uh, and there were even accounts that he is said to have drank the blood of his victims from a bull or a chalice yeah i knew that part so i forgot that part yeah thanks for putting that back in my oh head. you're very welcome <laughs> so yeah this this guy is uh <laughs> he wasn't a very good guy he nope. was very strange but now you can understand he like was a little off i'll give it to him oh yeah but you can understand like why <laughs> people kind of had this idea as to why like you know the myth of like the vampire and stuff because mm-hmm. he drank the blood of his victims he brutally murdered these people there was something wrong up here truly very very wrong going away from vlad people who are wondering if bram like lived in ireland I really in dublin I believe. I, I did not know this. I, didn't know I he thought was he Irish. I um, thought he was. Well, maybe he's not. Maybe he's just living there. Whatever the fuck you're trying. I thought he was Eastern European. I was he? dead convinced. Well, the, there's a there's a few different but here's places the thing. and stuff. I know nothing. Well, it could also be that he just lived in Ireland. I mean, it very could be. And a lot of like the stuff, like the church, like the, there's a castle that was over there that is actually the inspiration to Dracula's castle. Hmm. So it's not actually based. So now. But there's two different castles. So the one that he grew up around or, you know, like he was closer to, he that's where he drew his inspiration from. But there are there is a castle like that's up on a hill in Romania where people call it um, Jurassic, or Dracula's castle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he never lived in Romania ever. He never traveled. He never traveled to Romania. So he did a lot of his research How about odd. Romania and Transylvania Which from research. fucking sucks back in the 18th and whatever. It's like. Research is hard now with the internet. Yeah, exactly. let alone. I'm just like, when you actually had to pick up a book and you didn't know what was <laughs> in this book because you couldn't Google so it. So he actually, and the thing is, the, one of the books that he, I can't remember the title of it, but there was a, one book that was extremely hard and very rare to find. And you actually had to go, he had to go to a library and ask specifically for that title. The Baron Stain Bears. <laughs> <laughs> But no, it's not very known. Like, there wasn't very many yeah. copies of it. So he had to go and ask, and he could not take it out of the library. He had to sit there and do his research because mm-hmm. it was so rare that they were like... You cannot leave with it. They this. were like hot guys on, like, anyone who checked it out. They're like, you're not taking this out of here because this is, like, historic. But High basically. security library. Yeah. yeah. So he got a lot of his um, information about Vlad from this book. 
And this is where, like, Vlad and, and the whole, like, Romania, Transylvania area from this book. And so that's where he drew a lot of inspiration. And like I said, some historians don't think that Vlad was really part of, you know, his inspiration. But mm-hmm. signs point to yes. Okay. Or at least in my case, I feel like he did. They want to know if the Irish famine influenced the creation of Dracula. So during, like, the famine times, there were um, accounts of cannibalism. Mm. <laughs> because <laughs> there was desperation of starving people, and they didn't yeah. have a lot of food no, and stuff. I so they, they had to turn to, like, cannibalism. There was a uh, ghoulish practice that frequently occurred. Blood would have been sucked from the dead or, in some near cases, of nearly dying bodies. To, like, ensure death? What? Yeah, that's my question. I don't know if it's to ensure death or not, but maybe it was because there, there's nutrients in the blood, like, you know, like... Um, really? There, Well, like, copper and, like, different types of, like, um... Second a penny. <laughs> it didn't have pennies back oh then. No, I know. It was it was a joke. I'm sorry. Also, don't actually suck on pennies. That was a major joke. Don't do it. You'll choke. I know. Please don't. <laughs> or don't stick one up your nose either. Oh my god, are we are four year olds listening to us? Listen to me right now. No, but if I you are under the age of ten, <laughs> you get out of here. Go to bed or something. Read a book. Ride a bike. Read the Berenstein oh. Bears. Read the Berenstein Bears. Oh my god. <laughs> Here's the thing. I don't think four year olds are listening to our podcast. I think great people listen to our podcast. I, however, have lost faith in humanity. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want to be the one on a silver platter when someone inevitably does it and something happens. So, okay, so um, so there there is this Irish lore, because we're going to start talking about the lore of vampires. So there is this Irish lore. The Sheed, or the fairy people, were a powerful supernatural race who lived in a parallel world in which they um, walked amongst the living. I believe they were part of the Unseelie Court, if I'm not mistaken, but I could be. Okay, nerd. <laughs> okay. In, like, some of the, like, the myths and stuff, like, some of these fairies were obliged to drink blood of humans or animals to Oh, survive. yeah, they were part of the Unseelie Court, all right. <laughs> fairies so are mean there, creatures. So there's, there's speculations and stuff Same that thing. could he have gotten some of his ideas for Dracula because of, you know, some of this mythology. Mm-hmm. Could he have gotten his idea from that? There are some more myths of vampires that have been around for a millennia, right? Before they were coined like vampires and stuff, there were creatures that were considered, I guess, precursors to what we know as vampires today in different cultures. So during the Middle Ages, during like times of the plague and stuff, it wasn't uncommon for victims of the plague to be accused of being vampires. What? Yes. How? They're sick. Wait, victims of the plague? Mm-hmm. What the fuck? They're but wait, I'm about to go. I'm about to go into this. Okay, okay. Okay, so the plague would leave victims with these bleeding lesions on the mouth. Um, yes. Okay, mm-hmm. that again. If you think about it, like they've got these bleeding lesions, and so there's like blood on their mouth, and they look pale and like sickly. Yeah, and but stuff. they knew what was wrong with them. But did they though? Well, at the beginning, no, no. Before they knew what it was. Um, okay, all right. There were people who had unfamiliar illnesses, physical or mental, that would also be labeled as vampires. Science. It doesn't exist back in 1432. I don't no. know. What year is it? So there is this disease. And so this is like when they first stumble across this disease and it's still to this day there are some people who do suffer from this Mm -hmm. and there are many accounts where research has led to pointing to a blood disorder called porphyria i Um, do have a blood disorder but it's not that one i'm pretty really yes i don't know wow okay porphyria maybe 
That's what I'm thinking, porphyria. In this disorder, it would leave victims with severe skin blisters caused by sun exposure. So they're allergic to the sun, maybe? Pretty much, yeah. So some of the symptoms caused by porphyria can be relieved temporarily by drinking blood. Human bodies are weird. Yeah. Yeah. And and so now you kind of see, like, well... This person has an illness, but they need to drink blood in order to kind of help with it. So, yeah, these people started to get kind of like, what's going on? You know, who was the first person to think of and test this theory of the blood drinking? Because that man is a real vampire. I don't know. I mean, well, uh, look at Vlad. Vlad was drinking blood of his victims. I mean, I mean talk just... about a screw loose. The bleeding of people who had who were sick. They thought they could bleed them out of the disease. Mm hmm. Science was not real until blood 1987. Yes, bloodletting. <laughs> they were so they were basically bloodletting to like cure the illness, but it wasn't happening no, no, at no. all. That's how George. If Washington anything, died. it was just killing yeah. them. Wait, what? George Washington died because of bloodletting. See, exactly. Like, Fact check me. Do it. I dare you. <laughs> <laughs> we are getting aggressive. So uh, other illnesses. <laughs> So there are other illnesses that were linked to vampire myths, or some of the other illnesses. You're gonna love this. Rabies was one of them. So was linked to vampires. Yes. What the hell? So people thought if you had rabies, you 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 broke were... Chloe. <laughs> Chloe, are you okay? Are you all right? Well, that was unintentional. We broke Chloe. She's over here dying. Oh, her face is so red. Are you okay? I'm trying to figure out why you're dying like this. Do you have rabies? Do we need to take you to the hospital? You just had rabies and you broke her. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) I just keep. What are you imagining? Please, please en- en- enlighten us. I'm trying. I can't. Tiny record. I'm picturing. Wait, okay. All I heard out of that was tiny raccoon. Okay. All right. Four words. Tiny, tiny raccoon. There's <laughs> two of them. Come on, Sheree. Chloe. Breathe. A, uh, tiny raccoon wearing a Dracula kit. What? Tiny raccoon and what? You have the brain the size of Andy Dwyer's, I swear to God. Okay, I heard tiny raccoon and something Dracula. What? And a Dracula cape. A tiny raccoon wearing Dracula's cape. (laughs) Chloe. Okay. We're good. Breathe? You good? Yep, we're good. Okay. So apart from rabies, there's also a, a disease called goiter, which is basically the enlargement of a thyroid gland. So I'm just wondering, like, why they would assume they had vampirism, you know, with a thyroid gland? Maybe like, like maybe it because caused like exist. a yeah, science, cyst didn't, exi- science or... didn't exist until 1987. I thought you said cyst. I was like, huh? What? No, a cyst. I think my source for this next statement is tangled. So don't take me seriously. <laughs> The guy that entangled that has the goiter, mm-hmm. like, is like hunched over a yeah. little bit, and so maybe that creates kind of like a oh, yeah, like a like a what is it like Nosferatu? He kind of has that like if you hunch. had a a physical deformity of mm-hmm. any sort, you were they a monster. Thought you were a monster. Yeah, yeah, pretty. That makes sense. Yeah, poor like the Hunchback of Notre Dame. Oh my god. Ooh, I should read that one. Ooh. 
That's a good one. But yeah, that mm-hmm. that you know, same thing. Victor Hugo is so just all of the time. When people were suspected as vampires died, they would dissect their bodies looking for signs of vampirism. And then other bodies would have stakes rammed into their chest to make sure they wouldn't return back from the living to cause havoc on the living. Yes. <laughs> so here's the thing about or, monsters. Hold on. Or they would be decapitated. And this would continue on until the 19th century. Wow, okay. That escalated quickly. I have a TikTok on this. Don't follow my TikTok. (laughs) (laughs) It's cringy. It's a place that should be hidden from the internet. Things that they used to kill monsters specifically, like silver bullets or stakes through the heart Mm. or decapitating vampires, those kill normal people too. You can't (laughs) differentiate between a monster and a normal person with those killing methods because those are also deadly and lethal to mortal humans. Well, it's like the way that they determined a witch. If you floated, you were a witch. If you sank, then you were a person. And it's like, oh my god. So Maybe a bitch learned how to swim. <laughs> oh no. They weren't the smartest back then. No, they really weren't. A lot of them were very uneducated. And if you had an Secret education, angels. they you still... Yeah, exactly. Well, no, I mean, they had scientists and stuff back then, and that's when they started to finally start I'm sorry. figuring something. If you were a female and educated, then yes, you were a witch. Yes, yes, exactly. Absolutely. Or shunned. For the most shunned part. because you were a witch. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, I mean, that's that's basically the lore of vampires. So, But now I'm going to go into talking about today's modern vampires. So there are real-life vampires out there. But not in the sense that you think. So they can't turn people. Dang it. I'm sorry. (laughs) They're not immortal. They're not immortal. They they will die. No. No. I mean, they might if they put glitter on them. (laughs) I do that. Glitter on the body. Chloe, are you a vampire? No, I'm a makeup whore. (laughs) (laughs) So they're about, there's probably more than this, but there's probably like over 5,000 quote unquote real life vampires out there. Or at least those that claim to be. And there's different types of vampires out there. So there are some that actually do drink blood and they have like a partner and they usually do like this like intimate like thing where they bloodlet with each other and they, you know, like drink from each other kind of thing. It's kind of like a sexual private thing usually. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. And it's then like community, but like within their own relationship. Yeah. Yeah. But there's a community of like vampires out there. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Exactly. So they don't just consume human blood, but they also will consume animal blood. Is it safe? Like, I can't imagine large amounts of Have you ever heard... I can't imagine consuming human blood is safe. No, I mean, I meant blood in general. But but have you ever heard of blood pudding? I'm sorry. What Uh, are the words you just said to me? Blood pudding. Have you ever heard of blood pudding? No. Yes. That is an actual thing, and it is a delicacy in some places. It's like congealed blood. Mm -hmm. And they do it, like, in, like, a sausage form. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's real nasty. I don't know. I've heard it was actually del- like it tasted. Some people who go out to try like different world like eats and stuff like they said that it's not bad. I live off a diet that is strictly chicken onions <laughs> and pizza rolls. I'm not gonna like this. Oh, <laughs> but I mean, I mean, it's not. I don't know. I the idea of eating congealed blood does not it doesn't spark anything in me, so I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> it does not spark joy. <laughs> you know what? A lot of things don't spark joy in my life, but I still gotta do them. So as far as like modern day vampires though, like they don't 
take blood from the unwilling. It's always going to be somebody that's willing to share their blood with them. Consent is key, as always. Exactly. As always. It's like a consent thing. It's fine. And and there's a lot of people who actually, like, get blood tests to make sure that they don't have any Of course, that would be irresponsible. Yes. So, I mean, like, it's good. Like, and they only do it, like, a little bit of amount. Like, they don't drink, like, a goblet full yeah, of like it. Like, it's, it's, like, maybe, like, they, like, make a little cut and they I drink believe, a little bit. I think this is the right show. Dark mm-hmm. Tourist on Netflix. If you haven't watched it, please do. Mm-hmm. It's about a guy who goes to all, like, touristy countries, but he only goes and visits, like, the dark sides of them. And I do believe that's the episode I watched about vampires in New Orleans. It's very interesting. It's very cool to hear them talk about their lifestyle and what they do it's it's sweet you should go check it out I'll I'll have to, yeah movie night, movie night. <laughs> there's like other, like i said there's different types so there are the ones that drank blood right they still eat regular food it's just i would imagine so you know it's just more of a hey i'm having a craving and you know a lot of people who usually do crave that is probably because they're anemic and they need iron. they're lacking iron yeah. yeah and so maybe that it could be a physical condition that, you know, it for them, it helps them. Get your iron to... levels checked, guys. It's really important. Like, truly. Yeah, exactly. And Please then there do. are... I was severely anemic for a very long time. <laughs> it's not fun. I'll just say that. I can't imagine I'm actually fun. really surprised that I don't have to get the iron injections from uh, previous surgery because my iron levels can become depleted and stuff. So eventually I mean, I'll probably get down there. iron supplements that you can take. That's what I had to take. I do take them. But oh, okay. even then, sometimes I'll have to actually get, like, injections Oh, or infusions, I should say. I'm that sorry. Bad, but I did have to take supplements like twice a day for a while. <laughs> I don't know what my problems are. <laughs> I have a lot of them. And okay, so and then there's also the they call them psi vampires. So mm-hmm. they they take it from energy. They're called energy vamps. I've heard of this, but only on what we do in the shadows, the TV show. There's an energy yes. vampire. Oh, it's so funny. Check that one out. So basically, the these people will feed off the energy. Like they may be real moody or something. Like they're depressed and they're they're just feeling really really down. And so like they will go and be around other people to kind of absorb the energy from these people. <laughs> Chloe, am I an energy vampire? No, you're an extrovert. Okay. <laughs> so See, like. I'm- totally the opposite because i'm very introverted i don't like being around a lot of people all at once and i can only handle so much i like to be around face people face to face time <gasps> maybe i'm an energy vampire i th- no you're an extrovert okay I <laughs> no think i'm no different. i'm just saying i think i am because like i want to be around people to like absorb that positive energy well i mean extroverts want that too that's the point extroverts get energy from people introverts give you their willingly energy to people. give your energy to people you are willingly. Well, maybe not intentionally. No, she. Okay. So extroverts, they get their energy from being around people. They mm-hmm. get their energy. They they take other people's energies, and when they're around other extroverts, that can be a good thing because you're mm-hmm. giving and taking. Introverts, however, get the energy sucked from them. So, like, when I am in a big a room full of crowded, well, when I'm in a room with a lot of people, and mm-hmm. it, it doesn't usually bother me, like in this moment when we're all three together, and yeah. I can walk into a room full of people and want to take a nap immediately. I never knew this was a thing. Hmm. I didn't know why that was until I started learning about extroverts and introverts. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I used to be an, when I got into, when I went into college, I had to take one of those tests and it told me that I was 49% extrovert, 51% introvert. So I was a textbook definition Mm -hmm. ambivert. Mm -hmm. I had to take that same test in my last semester 
and I was 40% extrovert and 60% introvert. And I was like, wow. Honestly, All right, well. I don't know what I am because there's times where I just don't want to go out and do anything and be around anybody. And like, I'm like, I just want to be home by myself. But then there's times where I just want to be around people. So yeah. maybe that maybe that is what I am. I mean, if that's I, what you guys think that I am, then yeah, that would make sense. I am probably on like the extreme end of the scale of extrovert. I hate being at home. I hate being alone. It's emotionally and physically and mentally exhausting and draining mm-hmm. for me. Yeah, see, and that's how I, I feel being around people, a lot of people. Yeah, specifically. I, I need to be around at least one person at mm-hmm. all times. And that may sound codependent, and mm-hmm. it is, but <laughs> I'm okay with that. Well, I don't think it's considered codependency unless you need to be around one specific person at all times. I didn't want to have to tell you this way. <laughs> <laughs> no, because- yes. Being around people recharges me. Being uh-huh. alone is completely draining and exhausting and okay see perfect perfect example because i'm exactly mm-hmm. the opposite i want being by myself and like getting a day to myself to just be at home and clean or cook or watch movies or do whatever i want to do is so re-energizing for me mm-hmm. like i i love to just be at home if i have like a long weekend i don't want to spend the whole weekend at home i might want to go out one day and like go to the store or go to the mall or do whatever I want to do, but I can only do that for a couple hours and then I'm tapped out. <laughs> that, yeah, that I mean, that makes sense. I think I'm like, I'm almost kind of the same way though. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. Oh, one fun fact about the physical vampires. There are some that prefer to have sex to get that energy. I was going to make a joke. I'm not going <laughs> to So they, they will have sexual activities to kind of help give them the energy that they're seeking. Yeah, that's fine. And no judgment as long as it's consensual. I mean, I can understand because, be you know. Safe, be consensual. You know, cause, be consensual. Be consensual. <laughs> be consensual. Yeah. Be safe. And I can understand this, though, because, like, you know, having, like, doing, like, the sexual act, you get, a, you get really energized afterwards. At least I feel like I get energized whenever I do it. All right. So I think that is it for my session for today. That was Um, really good. It's fun learning about monsters. It really is. I love Spooktober. I love Monstober. I, yes. I think every, I love Monstober. I love monsters in general. And I've always been a vampire lover. We're going to take a sneak peek of uh, some kind of zombie type monster next week. Yeah, my episode. Ooh. We love monsters here. I'm we excited. do. So thank you guys for joining us at our spooky time tea party. Don't forget to uh, spread the spook by sharing with your families and friends and uh, or whoever else you think might uh, enjoy our show. If you have a say or story you would like to share with us or you want us to talk about, you can email us at SpookyTimeTea at gmail.com. And tune in at the end of this month for an extra special episode, a bonus episode, if you will. Halloween we are... spectacular. Oh, yes, our Halloween spooktacular. We are going Get to out. go over something. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be having a great time on Halloween, so make sure you tune in then. Also, if you guys would like to help out with our podcast, uh, you guys can go to our Anchor FM link in the bio. If you want to help support us for future podcast episodes that can help us with getting equipment or any other types of upgrades that we could use in the future, uh, you guys can just click that support link and uh, we would really appreciate it. And we might actually come up with some gifts for some of our supporters in the future. Gifts. (laughs) Gifts. I like presents. I like presents. (laughs) 
All right, everyone. Remember, wear a mask, don't impale your enemies on sticks, and for God's sake, stop parking your car on train tracks. Thank you so much for joining us, and sweet dreams.